0: People Let's like games. Three, two, one. People, People like, games. like games. Redemption! Mm-hmm. Redemption, we're
1: it's back. Outstanding. What's up, what's up? And welcome to episode 60 Dose of People Like Games. I'm Solo. And I'm Lo, And you are, as usual, tuned in to the best damn podcast in the industry. (sighs) Trademark, trademark, trademark. Pew, pew. Let's start it. It's Wednesday. We're back. It's season three.
0: And uh, you almost messed that up. I saw that. I thought you about like it hesitated. for a second. I thought about <laughs> it. I debated hesitated. it because I was like, uh.
1: it's, it's, it's all blending in because, you know, we're making moves. But of course it's not blending in because it's the beginning again. And so we're fresh. We got the energy. We the light speed. We're making moves. Let's do it. Parsecs, it's going. But oh. anywho, without much further ado, let us get into our favorite... And your favorite. Oh, Thank you. That's right. A it's the plug walk. Oh, and let's get into plugging some of those uh, channels. And so, beginning with the socials at People Like Games is the handle on Twitter. At LiloPLG is Lilo. You can find me on the main account. I'm going to get my own eventually, which I'll probably <laughs> say again next week. But what can you do? Uh, probably make an account, but otherwise, what can you do? Anywho, you can also find us over on Reddit, r backslash games. We are hitting it heavily sooner than later. A um, lot, of, lot of content going up there, so expect, uh, expect new stuff there every single day. And, you know, start posting up there yourself. You know, we don't want to be the only ones uh, curating content of our own opinion. We definitely want to hear from, you know, the fans, the listeners, or, you know, if you know anyone that wants to build the general community of gamers, that be it. Um, You can find this show right here over on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts. Google Play or Podcast, whatever they're doing over there, Stitcher, basically everywhere except for Tidal, which we'll get to eventually. Probably. Hopefully. Very soon. Yes, sir. And lastly, we have the plug for the inaugural Winter Smash because we are throwing our first ever event And it is happening in Huntington, New York. So if you're in Long Island, come through January 27th, 5 p.m., 48 people. It's going to be dope. $200 Best Buy gift card for first place. You know, we'll figure out other prizes, so on and so forth. Anywho... Come through. Eventbrite is where the tickets are at. You can find that over on our Twitter, which is at People Like Games. And now, enough of me talking. I'm going to kick it over to Leo for
0: the Table of Contents. It's the talk, baby. About to give it to you. Um, if you've been tuning into the show, you understand that the Table of Contents just gives you a rundown of what to expect for the episode. So, we're going to start out with the Quick Scope, which is the Quick Scope of the industry for this past week of the 16th in January, all right, and then following the quickscope, which is, you know, like a summary of the events of the past week that we found important for you to know, we'll roll into solo, (coughs) solo something or another, which we have discovered a sound cue for, Pun intended, if you understand what I mean by discover. Dun, dun, dun. After that, we're going to do my game spotlight, aka Lilo's Game Spotlight. And this week, I'm delving into the VR realm, which I know is a very much a surprise to those who have been avid fans and listeners. And then we're going to finish this shit off with the return of Le Final Lap. And with this final lap, we'll be discussing the biggest divorce in gaming in the past couple years more on that later so without further ado
1: solo we've got the sound cue right my ready. phrase way be way to be redundant thesaurus anywho <laughs> um, <laughs> do you, you have the sound cue you suck a bitch i do have a sound cue uh, and here it goes shazam damn and we're off let's make it happen it's quite All short right. time
0: Let's do some scope So, in this particular scope, you'll probably be hearing a lot of statistics from us. Um, this particular article I found, and I wanted to rub it in Solo's face, showing him that us nerds uh, need to be respected, because the numbers show it. And the numbers across the pond particularly show it. So, this is an article from the Daily Star coming over from the UK. And what it covers is... Research done by the institution of Instax, which is actually a photography company, but they did some research about digital media in Britain. And long story short, I'm gonna give you some facts real quick. Apparently, a third of Brits, or about 34%, admit that they are planning to reduce their screen time and undergo a digital detox as part of their New Year's resolution in 2019. All right, That's kind of a significant number if you think about it, and I'm sure these numbers, granted we don't know the sample size, I'm sure they probably are pretty um, representative of the gaming culture in America. Almost two thirds, or sorry, almost two in five Brits, forty-two percent want to participate in more activities that allow them to take time from digital devices. Forty-one percent of the nation spends up to four hours each day staring at a screen when they're not at work, which is actually crazy if you think about it. When I'm at work, I have a computer up for eight hours a day. Yes, when I come home, I'm looking at TV or on my cell phone. So that four hours makes complete sense to me. Uh, three in five people in Britain admit they have felt isolated due to the amount of time spent on devices. That is just the problem with technology nowadays and the addiction i believe of social media and gaming in general Uh, half of the 18 to 24 year olds plan to reduce their screen time in favor of the digital detox including a shift away from the coined connected generation they want to move to different parts and this is where i tell solo to suck it um the data showed that millennials are the biggest fans of almost half of the rise in offline gaming, meaning 43%. These kids are rolling over to board games and uh, I'm just super excited because granted I'm not in that 18 to 24 category, but at the same time, I love board games and it's about about that life. So you seem like you just had an aneurysm. You're right there. Um, Last fact I got is that this age group is most likely to take pictures with instant cameras, 30%, while Brits aged 55 and above are most likely to listen to vinyl records and the radio to unwind offline. So it's funny taking pictures with the camera still puts you in front of a digital medium, but I guess it's not as interactive. So either way, I know this is a long article, a lot of statistics. Long story short, too long, didn't read. Gamers, moving board games because they need a break from technology ain't that the fucking truth ain't that the truth Um, uh,
1: doesn't surprise me I mean that might be what our spoiler alert people like games book review number three is going to be Um, uh, maybe something related to board gaming but we'll we'll see soon we'll be announcing that one next week but regardless um, it doesn't surprise me I think You've seen the social media sort of culture become so toxic in, in the past few years that it doesn't surprise me that maybe the younger generation and, and our generation included has found like respite in tabletop gaming and, you know, it. It doesn't surprise me. It's, it explains how big popular Settlers of Catan is and those, those sorts of things. It's, there's I, I will not be surprised when there is another sort of renaissance of Magic the Gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and even Pokemon cards or anything that gets people social. That was one of the main things with Pokemon Go, which it ended up including going outdoors and you would run into people it became a social element Yeah, gaming I agree
0: that, that that was the biggest draw to it for sure social is
1: key and you know board gaming is social so expect more board game shops around your local you know cities and towns etc and um it's sort of like a 90s renaissance it, it, the stuff that ended up dying in the past 10 years because no one was going can
0: now come back and thrive again this is kind of actually related there's a separate article that doesn't relate to gaming, but uh, paper books are thriving. And you think about digital mediums and digital books and online articles and stuff like that. People are moving back to bookstores. Physical for life. Physical, Physical for seriously. life.
1: And All that when everyone comes so. around, there will be a horn and it will be tooted
0: for <laughs> no, myself. No, no, no. Not Everfax. everyone. I think it's trending in one direction, but
1: yeah, there, there's always going to be ebb and me. flow. Ebb and flow, baby. Anywho on to our next article data mining because (laughs) i love that topic and just to plug just a little bit more content in in two weeks or not what's two weeks this is now the 15th in the first week of february we will be doing the first ever rabbit hole or into the rabbit hole with solo and we're going to just be deep diving into a topic and that topic is going to be data mining so i just wanted to plug that before we get into how data mining has now released more sort of critical information and so the team behind uh the alleged uh nintendo hacks that ended up uh, releasing information on Splatoon 2 as well as who the uh secret characters in or the what is it the DLC characters for Smash were going to be uh have found that the upcoming SNES uh what was it service SNES, and Nintendo Super Nintendo. online will have 22 new games Oh, shit. Breath of Fire 2, Star Fox 2, Kirby Superstar, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, Stunt Race <gasps> FX, That's Super Mario game. Kart, Super Mario World, Super Metroid, Super Punch Out, Super Sock. It's basically every good game that you would want. That was a terrible beginning to. to getting that all <laughs> that topic, out of my mouth. yeah, come on, man. I, this was hype. I was, right. I was, trying, I was trying to figure out the way to phrase it, and uh, now we're on a roll, because it's so fucking cold where I'm sitting right now that I can see my he's breath. He's visibly
0: shaking, by the way. Visibly shaking. I'm trying
1: to warm up my body so that I can actually get the words out, and so my, my jaw's frozen, so it's all just jumbling.
0: it has gotta be, he's gotta, he's trying so to get hype. I'm, I'm gonna get there, I'm to get there, his get
1: there. so bear with us as my body slowly warms up to the sub-zero temperature i'm in but regardless it found they're going to be releasing a bunch of games for the snes emulator and in addition there's a couple of games that they found in the code for switch online that point to games that aren't for nes or snes which means that there potentially could be nintendo 64 games or gamecube games or uh game Dude. boy games maybe that right? could potentially be there like hit me red hit, give us Pokemon red and blue on Nintendo switch add a couple of bucks to whatever it costs to get switch online service a month and everyone would pay it smarten up regardless seems like a good idea again highlights the importance of data mining in sort of finding out what will be upcoming in DLC and we
0: can't wait to hear more about that in the future
1: i really need nintendo to fix their online service because as of now it is utter trash and for an increasingly online based uh gaming market it is not going to do especially if its initial jump in the market was due to its convenience as a portable device as other companies catch up with their own streaming based consoles and if they have superior online services, I really don't see what Nintendo is going to be able to do. But that's just a whole of
0: topic. just get your shit together, Nintendo. Exactly. Fix the fucking Smash Online so we can play ranked together and in some bullshit. And put a headphone
1: jack in your fucking controllers.
0: Yeah. yeah that's, I agree about
1: with that. it. that's about all I got. All right.
0: Appreciate that. Again, <laughs> just to highlight it, data mining. You're going to learn about it in a couple of weeks. Check it out. Uh, now, let's move on to another company that wants to remain in the spotlight, trying to uh, bring new content to the individuals that love it. Uh, Valve itself has wanted to overhaul lots of things regarding Steam, and uh, they actually highlighted eight different features and plans to roll out in 2019. So, competition, just for competition. some. Say that one more time. Competition, competition. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely important. It's great for us. Uh, a couple stats that you might want to know. Um, Steam apparently last year, or rather in 2018, saw 47 million daily active users. They average 1.6 million new purchasers per month. And uh, yeah, these goals are all covered in, at the end of the week, Steamworks post, or what end of the year Steamworks post that they host to... Um, showcase what Valve has done the past year. Anyway, let's get to these features that you wanna fucking know about. So, of the eight features, the most important feature that you should know about is the discoverability change that they're trying to overhaul. The company says it's working on a new recommendation engine to pair Steam users with games that they are likely to have an interest in, and they're going to use machine learning to do this. Machine learning algorithms and Essentially, it's like AI it's it's working with the computer understanding clicks the user interface understanding what people want Tailoring those to the individual creating personal profiles and then figuring out what games they would like. All right Um, But aside from this and that is probably one of the biggest change I think it's important to note that steam actually came under fire for its discoverability issues aka Indie games would sometimes get suppressed. There's a certain feature if you use Steam, if you're one of the users like myself who use it, you understand that when you buy a game, there's a recommendation that says more games like this and more things like this. Well, apparently those individuals who have a vested interest in developing games and releasing them on Steam noticed a significant change in the way more games like this represented the... Um, games in general in the platform and it's really hard essentially to get noticed on the platform if there's oh, thousands of game being released every fucking year and that's the biggest problem that's why when you have things like discord and you have things like twitch rolling into the gaming industry and releasing games like yeah you're, you're showcasing uh, more area more front page accessibility for some games Okay, so aside from that one issue, they're planning on rolling out Steam Trusts to each developer on the storefront, which means trusted matchmaking, anti-cheat, anti-vac, all that stuff. Um, They're also launching the Chinese version of Steam coming next year. Uh, New Steam client, new library based on last year's Steam chat changes, new event systems for the Steam communities, expanded Steam TV broadcasting, a new Steam chat mobile app, and a new version of Steam specifically built for PC cafes, most of which are located in Asia, but... Those are the eight features that Valve's trying to do. Like Solo said, the moral of the story, they trying to get relevant. They understand that competition is driving them to do, make the changes. And because of that, um, it's just important for the industry to understand and know that competition drives all things. These changes, although you might love Steam now, hopefully make you love Steam more later, okay? And uh, yeah, be excited for these things coming out. Uh, I...
1: Definitely think this is very much due to the fact that,
0: uh, Steve if you is hear solid echoes, it's cause solid his shit. Sorry, bro. I just want to remind you just, oh, you yeah. know. my bad. We had a, you, a, a
1: slight delay because if you're not aware when you're in cold weather, you're very liable to have
0: capacitors, yeah. this it. charge
1: basically more or less. And so, uh, Farewell, well. Moving phone. On. Anywho. Uh, now, moving on, um, or just adding the cherry to what Lilo had been saying. Very much due to recent competition in the market with Discord creating their own gaming market. Makes sense. I also think that Steam should give their numbers back to Steam Spy as well. So there is an ability to have an open place where you can... Uh, just have numbers for the public to be able to see. Anyway, uh, now moving on to our next story, and this is actually a very interesting one to me. That is that Optic Gaming has decided to part ways with its Fortnite Battle Royale esports teams. Uh, recently released its remaining two, Kenneth Baldy Anderson and Stephen Gunfly Brown. And it Shows how w- one of the biggest organizations in the scene have decided that, or believe that, e- Fortnite doesn't really have a competitive esports future. future? It, times are it, changing. It doesn't sign of the times, me. baby. Definitely a sign of the time. It if you go back to our old episodes as Fortnite was trying to create their initial competitive scene, I was very adamant about how i felt that they it was a game more suited to individual streamers than it was suited to competition in a competitive sense was just sort of a lot of viewing issues you would have trying to do that and they have nobly tried with some of like the new year's events and whatnot but it was far from what you would expect but anyhow uh seeing that and you know with the one of the, uh, the the founder and one of the faces of the organization, uh, Hector, uh, what, what's it, uh, <clears throat> Hector saying that he would uh, or believe that the PUBG scene would end up failing as well. Uh, Hector Rodriguez, if for those who aren't familiar as the owner and CEO, uh, that PUBG would fail as an eSport is something I've said as well. Just doesn't really Makes sense to me as a competitive sport, but uh, that is versions of these games and battle Royale that would be viable in the esports market. These aren't it. They are really fun and popular games, but I think in the sort of ecstasy of Fortnite's popularity and the high of it all, everyone's like, Oh, this will be a smart idea. Now they're like, wait a second, this isn't really worth the investment that, it takes to have a player and et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, people are tightening their belts, man. People are waiting for that ROI, baby, return on investment. And esports is not showing it in the short term. So this is the first sign that the sort of frivolous spending of the last like year or two with the influx of VC money is sort of coming to a halt as people are like, okay, what are the monetization options here? really at the end of the day, outside of merchandise.
0: True. Yeah. It's a good point. I think it's important to note that like in any new market, you're going to have instances where you're trying to figure out how to monetize some shit, figuring out where you're going to make your money. And it's one of those situations that I do think it will sort itself out. It is going to be a lucrative business. Money is being pumped into the industry. Esports are growing and there's no better sign than realizing that KFC is announcing fucking tournaments because guess what? They're invested in the esports industry. Yep, that's a great transition. Way to go, Solo. I know. I appreciate it. It was a good one. Um, if you didn't know, KFC is going to host their own Call of Duty tournament, which is going to be utilizing Call of Duty's Battle Royale mode. tournament is going to feature 50000 euros I think yeah and it's gonna be 63.7 thousand US dollars in prize pool it's also offering a KFC black card which gives the holder daily KFC food for free as an additional prize I'll be honest I think that's probably the biggest draw who gives a fuck about the money I want the KFC black cards right you know Uh, the tournament is going to be featuring 16 content creators and centered on the games blackout mode like I said wait that was redundant I'm sorry about that the event is scheduled to kick off Actually, on Thursday, the 17th. So be sure to check it out. It's uh, it's funny because KFC officially became active in esports last year, partnering with Es Force for a youth-focused event. But um, then they partnered with the Chinese organization Royal Never Give Up. Seems like they're making some moves and trying to get into esports industry. Loving it. Get my food in there. Kentucky Fried Chicken, it, it'll it clog your arteries, but it tastes so good as it kills you, just throwing it out there. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, it is interesting, and it does remind me of another organization that is going to be out here during you know, or out here having a tournament, and that's People like Games which is us. Hello. Oh
0: yeah, that was a that was a very good plug that I totally fucked up. Tournaments be important, ladies and gentlemen, and just like we said, twenty uh, seventh, five to ten. Yeah, repeal you're, you're,
1: eighteen. You're you're but be there. Popeyes is better anyway. On to our next article. <laughs> Amazon is now working on a Netflix for video games. What a catchphrase that has become a huge. Selling point and can be found Dude, from the that's March, huge. March twenty third, two thousand eighteen episode of People Like Games. That's a long time ago. It's titled "The Streaming Wars" because we knew this was coming. Uh, curve, curve, curve. A year ago, man, we're in the know. We is curve. the know, and so should you be looking for gold. We you can it. tell you. Sure. Sure. You're anyway, uh, Amazon's working on their own version. And that's obviously, as with every single other one, a cloud gaming service that is going to be console less and which will likely be through a service and app that they offer. If any company has the ability to do something like that, it would be Amazon because they, Probably have not entered the market already because they're negotiating with the publishers or have been negotiating with the publishers for AAA titles rights. coming
0: to Amazon yeah, specifically.
1: <laughs> like they're going to roll out. We're, Amazon is the type to roll something out to be for everyone else to be like Jesus Lord. And so that is not going to be surprising when this comes. And so in addition to the fact that for a cloud streaming service to really work that well you need a lot of dedicated servers around the countries that or around the areas in which you want to uh, potentially serve customers to be able to make the you know lag minimal and that is very doable by amazon as well because they have amazon web services so they're already in the you know the physical hardware, you know server business. They're fucking
0: everywhere, man. They're everywhere. They got it going and on. So that's for
1: sure. If any company can get into it, uh, it would be Amazon. So I'm curious to see it. Apparently, it doesn't or isn't set to be. Uh, Announced until 2020 and so in the coming year I expect them to see what a couple of the other companies are doing and looking at pricing models and so I expect it to be part of Amazon Prime and Amazon Prime to be more expensive No, but, 100% oh, well, I wish sure. I'd be willing to pay because Amazon Prime has a surprisingly good selection of movies and It's probably more palatable because if you're not aware Speaking of Netflix, they're going to be increasing their prices within the next three months uh, for all accounts, and so um, gotta sustain that growth. Uh, gotta sustain that growth, lol. Gotta pay the bills on those fucking frivolous or pointless. Yeah, they gotta pay the bills. Just unnecessary spending on stand-up comedy and whatnot. But what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Uh, I expect I expect a big one from Amazon. So that is just going to be a a sort of additional platform to what they already have which is amazon game on which is a api tournament software that would sort of interact with games i'm curious to see if it works with nintendo so amazon hit us up i'm curious about the technology but that's about all i got
0: what do you think uh console wars you've got Google doing the streaming service. You got NVIDIA with the game box already. You had, uh, what was it? The Steam the Steam box that allowed you to stream games from your PC to your TV. Yeah, we know we're moving in this direction. Amazon doing it. Their master's of supply chain management, product support, all of the above. I think they're perfectly fine. Super they're going to be able to uh, offer a competition. And then... Just let it be known. Microsoft did this shit first with Game Pass. I'm pretty excited about that. And then PlayStation has it out too. So will they defeat the consoles? That's the real question. And that's the fun thing to think about for the future. We know next gen consoles coming out, right? But if Amazon's getting in the game and they just make it that much more lucrative and that much better.
1: Who knows? First they came for books, then Whole Foods, then gaming.
0: Then gaming, right? Like, damn, fuck. Um, Facts. I don't know let's just let's just leave that be let the people think about it and i just want to roll into something else that's uh, i think pertinent and funny about um the industry of gaming in general so one thing you should know and this article does not directly relate to gaming but there are implications for gaming is that youtube has revealed how they how they interpret profanity and how profanity affects the monetization of their videos. So they actually released a video by, what is it called? Um, Creator Insiders. And there's two individuals whom I don't know the names of because I don't follow YouTube creators that much. I'm sorry, but I just don't. Um, Long story short, they realized that Although they have policies in place, there's a lot of ambiguity about how to interpret the policies and what is going to affect your stream, or not even stream, but what is going to affect your YouTube videos and your monetization of them. So they want to reiterate that there are no new changes to the YouTube's monetization, however, there is a video from Creator Insights that sheds light on the different criteria when the decision is made to allow a video to run advertisements or not. They pretty much break things down into three separate tiers. You've got your words like dang, darn it, hell, shoot, damn. You can use those in the title, in the thumbnail, and throughout the video, and you can monetize it. Great. Why? Because those things are pretty innocuous. They don't really hurt anybody, okay? Moving forward, you can use... There's words like F-bombs, mother effer, um, B-I-T-C-H sugar, honey, iced tea, whatever you want to call it, all these actual curses, if you would. And you can use those in your video, but you just can't use them in the beginning of the video, which is an interesting point to me. Can't use them in the thumbnail and you cannot use them in the title. However, if you're reacting to a scene or if you stub your toe is the example they provide in the video, obviously a human reaction is to react in anger and like you might shout out something bad. So they won't dock you for that. The things they will dock you for apparently come down to and this is, I mean, it should be obvious to you if you don't know what it is, It is the swear words at individuals. It is the hate at individuals. It is any racism directed at anybody for any reason. And it is, uh, yeah, just being a real douchebag, real dickhead, a real jerk, because you want to isolate and... Yell at a particular individual. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm just getting fan calls from all over the place. It's just pretty funny. Um, yeah. Still. Why is this shit important? And why do you care? YouTube. If you don't know. Is owned by Le Google. There's other people in the industry. Who worry about what you say. And what you do. And that's streaming. Streaming industry. Specifically the biggest one that we know is Twitch. Right? Twitch takes some of its policies from YouTube because they're all about content creators and all about the creators and those people who want to generate a following, right? And so this monetization and the profanity guide is very much what Twitch follows. And I could see a ripple effect across all mediums of content creation and specifically how it affects gaming for me. Yo, are you okay over there? You're ruining my flow. Solo is his hands are literally ice blocks and I think he's karate shopping his table. So he's breaking something, but really what it is is his cell phone won't stay up and I can't see his face. So that's pretty funny. Um yeah. YouTube monetizing shit, trying to clear the air. Um this is without pointing Going out
1: the Going as the most, or the least subtle human being in the history of human beings. Subtle like, human what, being? Whatever situation it is, if you have to, in your life, if hey, you have to subtly, subtly casually this... nod to someone to understand the situation, unknowingly, we'll be like, what do you are you like talking about the
0: Yeah, do you like the elephant I in I'll the be, room? Out I don't, which is why like, we just do it. He'd just be out <laughs> here being like,
1: wait, what are you doing there? All
0: about blowing up a spot. This oh, is what this he's podcast he's is about. Is, oh operate. natural. Hey, I'm just saying Solo, he's a, he 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 he's a to spot, he's a mute spot his, terrorist he didn't mute his mic so I could just hear this shit so you're just picking it up too and you're like what is that knocking in the background I'm like that's Solo's dumbass. That drop going his cell be, phone like four going times going to be edited right out
1: baby <laughs> <laughs> right shit. out it won't be on my head so right, good luck it. with that bro I'm nicknaming you the spot terrorist for this episode
0: <sighs> I am fine with that I will blow up your spot all day long exactly don't get comfortable bro but don't get comfortable now, All right. speaking of stupid, feel,
1: let's talk. Oh, I was gonna go with, bro. Keep rolling. Rolling. Bro, roll with I was it. gonna make it moves. I was gonna make moves, and I was gonna move on to Verizon and talk about how they, for some reason, have decided to do a streaming service themselves and. That is likely not going to work. They are trying to basically roll out again a Netflix for games, which again is probably become an addictive catchphrase in the gaming industry uh, for attracting money. And for any sponsors, we have the Netflix for games, if podcast with people.
0: At games. <laughs> We're gonna cover every fucking topic. Don't you worry? Exactly. every fucking thing.
1: Uh, But regardless, uh, I don't understand why they would potentially roll something like that out. They hopefully want or potentially are thinking about trying to take advantage of the 5G rollout that is going to be coming in the next year or two. I think that should not be their goal to become a competitive game streaming service. It should instead be to offer... An internet service to mobile gamers f- for someone like the Switch. So if you're playing the Switch on the go, instead of having to connect to Wi Fi, if you were, remember, like the, what is it called? Like the Thunder Flash, Thunderbolt, like little to go USB flash drive that you'd be able to use against. The, the 4G fucking whatever. Yeah. yeah. Having something similar with that would be similar. And so, yeah. You know, it would be a smarter idea for them to complement the gaming industry by offering their networks as a service. But who's to say that? And you know, this is just a rumor. So who's to say that won't be the case?
0: Time out, time out. Although it's a rumor, they are an alpha. So, like, what I think they're going to do and what I think would be smart is they know they can't dominate the, mar- the gaming industry. They're not a big enough name, there's big enough players and big fish in the water. They're in an alpha already, and they are doing hundreds of games in the library. I think they're going to sell that technology to the companies for a price. Companies that are already in the game have skin in the game per se, right? And imagine selling it to Nintendo, selling the whole network, like you just said. That's like that's a good chunk of change. I don't think they're going to be in it in it. I don't see them being in it. Because in it. as a consumer, I would not be happy if they were in it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wouldn't go for them. They're not trusted.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. I agree Just, with that.
0: I don't know. Just the way I feel. But let's move on because we actually... We're running a little bit long on quickscope. Sorry about that, everybody. Probably some technical difficulties, some, some chills in the air. Some yeah, could exactly. say we're running a little bit slower. We <laughs> are. We're, chill, uh, we're chilling this
1: episode. Like, we got an incoming storm, like... Fuck it. When's it's this cold. Last episode? We're running long. We're going an hour 15.
0: We're doing it. We're doing it live. All right. Uh, Moving on. This is a semi rumor mill type Buckle article, up. but it is something that we wanted to cover because it's about some of your beloved series that you love for the Nintendo Switch, like we just talked about. Um, so latest rumors have that the new Pokemon game, Pokemon RPG, should be coming in the second half of 2019. But while you're eager to learn more about the game, unfortunately, Nintendo has not released any new information. They have released that... Well, I don't even know how to say his name. I feel so bad. His name... He's the CEO of the Pokemon company. Uh, Sunikazu Ishihara. Yeah, Sunikazu Ishihara has revealed that The game itself that they're trying to make for the switch is actually kind of difficult to make and he said is approximately five times more difficult than we expected like I don't know making games is pretty difficult as we covered how the fuck is it five times more difficult to make this game what are they trying to do which begs the question. What features are they putting in? How are they utilizing the Switch? Like, where is this going? Obviously, this is not. Don't confuse this with Pokemon. Let's go Eevee. Let's go Pikachu. It's just totally different games. But yeah, it's just interesting that he's saying it's harder than expected. Him releasing those statements have led to rumors that it's going to be pushed to 2020, which is actually kind of crazy, too. In place of that, though, new rumors came out, too, about another beloved Nintendo series. Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime 4 has leaked a date stating November 29th, 2019. So it could be a placeholder, but it's a pretty specific date for those things considered. Um, if the date holds true though, it gives the team plenty of time to announce the release later this year because it's like nine months or sorry, 11 months away, that's math, bad math. Uh, just to note, the game is being created by Bandai Namco. Bandai, Namco, but not Retro Studios. Retro Studios was the original creator of Metro uh, Metroid Prime, sorry. But now they handed it over similar to uh, a topic we're gonna cover later.
1: I will say it. that it is smart for or first of, first and foremost, it doesn't surprise me that they believe it's six times harder than expected because Five,
0: five but whatever. Yeah.
1: Five Go. five, six, regardless because of the fact that there's so much expectation to what the game could be. And so because of everyone long awaiting an open world sort of game, they're probably freaking out. And so they wanna create something sort of majestical but at the same time I hope they don't sort of try to overdo it and end up hurting themselves and creating a a mediocre game in its place uh, by doing too much. Uh, moving it to 2020 is in the benefit of Nintendo's overall strategy, in the sense that <clears throat> if you have Smash to ride out spring and sort of early summer, in addition to like these sort of you know SNES games that are coming out, which will give the sort of online service, which isn't that popular at the moment, a pretty distinctive boost, in my opinion, and. Riding that out until, like you said, November for Metroid, and then having Pokemon in 2020 to ride out with any other games they have in development on the back end to be able to start being teased or released. Not a bad strategy, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think, first and foremost, they should fix their online service and get a headphone jack in their controllers, because what the fuck is 2019, dog? (laughs) Anywho, now on to our next story, and that is... Puma enters esports with a partnership with Cloud9. That is good to hear. Apparel brands jumping in. You would have expected Nike or Adidas, but it looks like Puma's a bit more forward looking. They recently rejoined uh, the basketball uh i guess merchandise game or uh, apparel game now they're making shoes and etc so puma's diversifying so it doesn't surprise me in addition to the fact that they were uh part sponsors of an event uh recently the unanimous games one up
0: unanimous games nba
1: yeah. 2k tournament Okay, and that was in the Helix Esports Center in North Bergen, Jersey at Unanimous Games the handle unanimousgames.com check them out very interesting company plug 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 plug, plug, plug. sort of like brothers of this show <laughs> <laughs> but regardless uh it's interesting to see them now sign with someone like Cloud9. So it just, again, speaks to more non-endemic brands coming in and larger brands being comfortable coming into the space. Starbucks, hit us up. We ain't about that G Fuel. <laughs> Starbucks, hit us up. Anchor, yeah, I would t- Uniqlo,
0: Uniqlo is already in the game, but they're in Korea, so they're, they're far away. They're I'd in say. Japan, you jerk. Well, they're in Japan, but they're also sponsoring some teams in You the most disappointing of Asian right
1: individuals.
0: And you also think that Puma's a bigger deal than the KFC I covered? Fuck that, KFC baby, black card for life. They rolling out black cards, baby, you get unlimited yeah, yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. What does Puma do? You get unlimited what shoes? Puma do? No chance. They work with Jay Z. <laughs> okay, that, that's pretty cool. But yeah. I would rather have food for life, right? Yeah. Just saying Working with Jay Z, food for life. All right, uh,
1: let's Part roll. the same thing, technically. Uh, shout out to metaphors. Wait, 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 wait. Where's my, where's my coin at? Shoot, shoot. Come
0: on the show sometime, Jay. You won't. You won't. All right. Let's uh, let's roll into the next topic, which is another article to reiterate the dominance of the board game scene for all of us nerds out there, and uh, the the tabletop games. They begin some. So, and a cool article written by Gamasutra <sighs> showcased some statistics released by Kickstarter that really, honestly showed there's a bigger public interest in tabletop games than there is in video games. Why? Well, tabletop games dominated the Kickstarter scene in 2018 with a 20% increase in funds raised by successful tabletop ga- uh, tabletop games over the past year with 27.23 million compared to the video game funds raised over the past year at 15.8 million so the actual video game funds raised by successful video game projects is down 1.8 million compared to the year prior so what's crazy is that I mean, the statistics should be noted that it's only about successful games, because if any Kickstarter event is not successful and they don't meet their goal, the money is refunded to those recipients. That's, That's fine. That's the way Kickstarter works. But according to the data provided, tabletops be doing better than video games. And I'm wondering if it has to do with the difficulty in developing them. Don't get me wrong. Board games are extremely hard to create. However, video games... On another level, you have heard us speak at length about game developers and what they do, um, and what their lives are about the crunch, if you would, all that shit. So, funny more funny stats coming up. Um, a successful video game on the platform only earned forty-four grand per plat- or per uh, Kickstarter event. On the flip side, a successful tabletop game earned, on average, seventy grand. It's a lot of cheddar a lot of cheddar a lot of difference and uh with that being said <sighs> i don't know do we do we got anything else solo you think that's the unique uh, no.
1: day scope. Uh, i think that is a fiend on the scope because we already ran over so we are beyond calling it the quick so let's the keep long scope it. Yay. Pew, pew. Pow pow adjustable scope. And so we're gonna keep it moving on to our next little segment. Which sound cue we discovered was it last week? Maybe maybe in the, the final episode, which was the last week. Time flies. Time flies when you have fun. But that is for this week uh, a a little follow up on a, a series of both uh or mostly rants, but namely uh domino effects, which is when one thing causes another thing, causes another thing. You're probably familiar with the phrase, I don't know why I'm defining it, but regardless, (laughs) Forza Horizon 4 has decided to remove dance moves, the Carlton and the Floss from the game, as creators of those dances pursue epic games for damages. And so, as we've covered on the show since July, uh, when I had mentioned that two Millie was suing fortnight for stealing his dance, the Millie rock or that he should be suing them. He's now sort of hit a fever pitch a few months later with two Millie now having actually filed a lawsuit. Carlton from fresh friends of Bel Air filing a lawsuit. Uh, uh, Faison Ali from scrubs who did one made one of those dances filed a lawsuit. And so uh, seeing Forza now take the dances out without being sued themselves does spark an interesting idea in my mind, but be in the, in the vein of us being quick, I'm going to run through this all very fast. So if you are listening, bear with me and, uh, listen quick. So because Epic is being sued and they're liable, the whole case hinged upon whether these people, Uh, who who made the dances can trademark those dances because according to Epic Games, which they're going to claim in their lawsuit, it's that you can't do it because body motion, the dances can't be trademarked, but the whole thing is going to depend on whether it's uniquely identifiable, and those dances all are unique, uniquely identifiable to the individual creator. And so when you see something like the Millie Rock or the JD Block Boy, which made Fortnite a whole lot of money, you can probably calculate, or they can, how much money they exactly made off of those dances because they probably keep an account of how much money or how many skins they sold of each thing because these are all data-driven companies. And so... If they want to sue for damages, Epic Games can't claim that they don't know how much money they made for it. And so to see now Forza pull the dances, the question becomes... Should they be liable for damages if these two other people sue? Because now that sort of seems like, yeah, we are. We are. We know you're guilty. That seems a whole lot like they know Epic Games is going to get sued for being guilty. And so for them to pull it now means that they are likely going to be in the news soon for potentially trying to jump the fucking shit before it hits a before shit hits the fan and potentially strike a deal with a cup with those two people specifically to give them money for the revenue they made and they're either going to do that before or after Epic Games gets sued and loses because that's going to happen without it's a doubt. Roof. And roof, roof. Womp, womp. where's my Where's where's my fox at? Where's my fox at? Woop, 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 woop. Epic Games is gonna be crying soon. So um anyway that is all just a uh, a domino. This is this is the first sort of negative domino in Epic Games' sort of untouchable empire in the last year's run where this is like a, a sign where someone else is like, ah, I see what's happening there. I think I should avoid that. Yep, <laughs> so I agree. If, if that's happening, that's probably something you shouldn't be doing. And so uh, with how much Fortnite's made it's going to be curious to see how much they end up having to pay out. So.
0: I think it'll be fine. I'll be completely honest. they are making 100 I, I'm mil a week. Sure, I'm 100 sure mil will, a week.
1: I'm sure that'll hurt their pocket change, but I'm so curious to see what it ended up amounting to, uh, et cetera. But I
0: wonder... That's if, about- you're starting, they're starting trends though. Digital medium, how can you, can you like copyright everything? Copyright a person's phrase, a, a person's breathing, yes, a person's sounds?
1: IP is, IP is broken because Apple has that's the ability saying. to, yeah. IP is broken in the digital age and right? it needs to be revisited.
0: Interesting to see how this is all going to play out. Yeah. All
1: right. Facts. But that's now let's all move
0: on got. to
1: a little bit of, uh, not a little bit of, a lot. It's going to be quick.
0: It's going to be quick, but I'm excited to tell you about it. It is the game spotlight. All right. So what is the game? It's called Echo Combat. Who made it? Ready at Dawn Studios. What is it? It is a robot fighting, aka robot shooting, zero gravity virtual reality game hosted on Oculus for 10 Give me some gameplay details, Lilo. Well, uh, as a ca- combined android, you've got a few tools at your disposal. you got a thruster to each wrist that allows you to move or maneuver around the map. Um, if you are interested, go to YouTube, look up the fucking... Oh my god! Look up the trailer; it looks so epic. You can also look up gameplay video because this game has been actually out since November fifteenth. I'm late to the ball, except I'm super fucking excited, and this makes me want to get an Oculus. Not even kidding. Um, so, like I said, you got thrusters on each wrist, air brakes, boost function with a short cooldown. But the finer locomotion comes with the physical grabbing of your surroundings. So, if you've ever heard of Ender's Game, or you, have you ever, or have, if you've ever heard of any. Zero G battles, you'll understand that usually there's objects rooted in the middle of the maps that you can hide behind and move around. That's what you're allowed to do. The game is based around two four player teams. Right now it's orange and blue, and it only hosts four different primary weapons, all of which are single handed pistols, fully automatic pulse gun, a shotgun, single shot laser and a uh, slow but very powerful rocket launcher. You don't get to reload, but there is a recharge period. So like, it's not like you need, physically need to reload per se if you just use it too much. Recharges. We've only got two game modes and three maps because it's VR and it's a cheap-ass game, but the reviews have been outstanding. The game looks incredibly fun. It is everything I wished I could do if I was in space, and that's kind of all I got, but it's because you need to see the YouTube trailer to Believe it. You need to just just check it out. I promise you will not be disappointed. And if you're one of those fortunate enough to have an Oculus, be sure to check it out. There's so many more details I wish I could give you, but we're just running late on time. So,
1: Creator's a bit of a dick, though.
0: He, uh, you talking about of Ready Dawn? Ready at Dawn of Studios. Oculus. Oh, of Oculus. Yeah, except he went to Maryland, my alma mater, and he donated 280 <laughs> mil, so I so can't get too upset. So
1: he's definitely a dick.
0: Because hey. <laughs> he made that money. Hey. Well, he only got rich because of Facebook. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. Just, no, that's seriously how he got rich. So, yeah, makes sense. I. Right. Zuckerberg, so,
1: Zuckerberg. Let's move it. Oh. Shout out to JID. <laughs> but, anywho, anywho, anywho. Um, check it out, I suppose. Uh, separate the art from the artist because that's what you should do with me eventually. And now, on to our favorite one of our favorites everything our favorite,
0: On they're, to all the our final favorite. they're all our
1: babies they're all Pretty our much. babies baby baby, baby. and uh, i love that sound cue and i wish i could we hear didn't get to even it back <laughs> last week I don't know. Maybe, maybe next week maybe next week maybe next week um uh, next week i'm definitely buying a fucking space eater too that's for goddamn sure but now it is the final app and we are going to be talking a little bit about the Activision and Bungie divorce, but this is where I then hand the conversation off to Lilo, who will be leading this one, because he is someone who has, as you've known from listening to the show, been a proponent of Destiny 2, while well, I have been... I've actually played it. That's the biggest difference, I think. <laughs> I think it's sort of shitty yep. and pointless yep. mm-hmm. and has an mm-hmm. business mm-hmm.
0: model. That's all right. They yeah, made Halo, though. It. They did. That's all I was going to say. You handed over but the that's reins.
1: That's all I got. But now, um, on to Halo. For the substantive know- part of the conversation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. Oh, YouTube, don't monetize that. Or don't, you know, don't block me. I want to make some money. Uh, anyway. Like Solo said, the biggest news to come out this past week that we did want to cover right away, but waited for more details, is that Bungie has split with Activision, okay? If you don't know, Bungie was the original creator of the trilogy of Halo games, 1, 2, and 3, arguably the best three in the series, okay? Started the series with Halo 1 on the original Xbox and moved towards all the, all the way through Xbox 360 and... Um, Handed it off to 343 Industries. They first made their name by breaking up with Microsoft. And that was actually interesting because when they broke up with Microsoft and split off from them, Microsoft retained the rights to Halo, who they then handed it off to 343. Now, Bungie joined up with... Act- well, since then, Bungie joined up with Activision, developed Destiny and Destiny 2. And it uh, seems like eight years later, that pairing has come to an end... Now, why is this important? Why is it you know? Why do you care at all? Well, what's interesting this time around is that when they broke up with Activision, they actually got to retain the rights for Bungie. Several reasons have been cited for the break. What's interesting? Again, I keep saying interesting because it's all very new and very fun and exciting information. Activision had very strict rules about releasing content, right, for Destiny 2. And Activision told Bungie that they expected new content every single year for these different games. And apparently that might have been too much for Bungie. Other things have happened in the meantime. New articles have been posted indicating that there is actually fraud investigations about the split itself activision is currently under investigation saying that uh what they did with bungie wasn't legal and that pomerance llp a firm that was a premier name in specialization of corporate functionality securities and antitrust litigation is investigating activision for what they're doing and how they're how this split was illegal There's no more details than that, but just the fact that there's articles all over the interwebs about the fraud speculations makes you wonder if Bungie made the right move and really makes me wonder if we're going to see more splits from Activision in the future. Uh, As a result of the split, their stock dropped 40%, so that's a big fucking chunk. (laughs) Like, goddamn, that thing went down But as a fan of gaming in general, I believe in Bungie. I believe in those people that were there. I love Destiny, and I love Destiny 2. I love the fact that it's back in in Bungie's hands. And I think there are going to be good things in the future for the Bungie (sighs) fanboys, I guess you say, or fangirls, whatever you want. Fan people, like myself. Because they have the creative control, their creative freedom. If you're worried about any of the repercussions as a result of this split, well, guess what? If you're playing Destiny 2, it's still hosted on Battle.net, you still have the opportunity to play the game and they are still going to release content on that. But transitions or plans for the transition of Destiny 2 to a new app or a new location, to a new site that is going to be hosted, are underway and then they have been in the works for a little bit since obviously behind the scenes they knew about the split for a while but uh yeah i have a question to solo and this is solo do you believe that there is enough clout and momentum from the gamers as a whole to drive a split of activision and blizzard With these fraud claims, really, I should—that's like really the nail in the coffin that we're hearing with the fraud claims that Activision was acting badly or have some bad practices or behind the scenes are just bad people, which we kind of know.
1: It does all stuff into a weird context about how the Activision CFO was like fired the week prior to them suddenly Weird, splitting right? with Bungie, so it's all coming so, up it's uh, all surface convenient split uh it does make sense that they're doing an investigation like that because of the fact that it is a public company and the shares have dipped sort of precipitously since the the split and it makes sense because destiny was very much a cornerstone of their sort of money making machine Mm-hmm. instead of like anything else. And so they sort of churned it out. And so I am hopeful as or, well. So that that that'll be my answer to that. So, um, you know, do I think there's any fan momentum to any of this? No, I don't think fan momentum has anything to do with anything. Um, if fan momentum had anything to do with anything, I don't think I, or, or to a degree, um, you know, momentum I, like fans is, drive the market.
0: So they have an effect. Yeah. Yeah, the question but like, is, it's like,
1: it's like when if big
0: decision, maybe not so much.
1: In, in a in a situation like this, do I think it'll affect Activision Blizzard? I don't know. Blizzard just lost their CFO too, so <laughs> who's to say that you know they don't fall under the window of this as well? Because Overwatch they is were lying struggling. In bed together. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I got on that one. Uh, I, I I I would be hopeful, but I. Activision looks like it's squeezing Blizzard a little bit more. And so, who's to say they're just, you know, I mean, who's to say they're not turning their intention away from Destiny 2 and might just end up ruining Blizzard the same way they ended up ruining Bungie.
0: That's the problem. And that that's the fear of a fan of the games in general. I think it, it seems for PR reasons, the split was very amicable, right? Twitter announced, hey, well, not Twitter uh, per se, but the Blizzard Twitter and the Activision Twitter announced that they had a great split with Bungie. Bungie thanked everyone for all the good times that they had. It's always
1: amicable sounding.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to put up appearances, right? Save some face, but... Just business. it, It is just business, but I wonder how... Okay, it, behind the scenes, because Activision is being investigated for fraud, did Blizzard initiate the change? Did they initiate the, the dip out? Apparently, there's been articles illustrating that they've been unhappy for a while. The fact that they had such an aggressive release schedule, every year it had to be a game or an update, game or an update, game or a patch, something like that. That drove people a little... Uh, made them a little mad. Now, I wouldn't say drove them up the wall, but made them a little mad. And it's you could say that maybe some people with more foresight could have seen this building for a while but the question is did Bungie initiate it or did Activision say get the fuck out of here we don't want you that kind of situation like I don't know where it came from I, I wanted think it? you know
1: we, we we read in our first book review Jason Schreier's book where he covered the Bungie and Activision Emerging? like sort of initial ma- marriage I guess would be a better way to put it now that's their divorce Um and so they ended up sort of taking on the money with the idea that they would just be getting, and this is often the case when people, when like a, a successful, smaller independent company ends up signing or, or merging, quote unquote, with a larger company where they assume they'll get just resources and know-how, and instead they end up being managed, and then the individuals who ended up creating the original companies end up leaving, which I believe was the case for Destiny as well. Or not testing for Bungie as well, where I believe some, most of the initial founders ended up leaving at some point mm-hmm. to be because you know, what, what it, it got squeezed by Activision. They signed what a $500 million deal like that's a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but they sacrificed the sort so of so much integrity, creative control, yeah, you know, the integrity of their product. And you know, that cycle definitively affected everything and so you know you've been seeing it with blizzard as well overwatch has been underwhelming it's just lost more and more and more sort of player base over the years like two years ago it sort of was at a peak when overwatch season one was launching there was a lot of people who were very actively interested and now they've sort of hurt it and it doesn't have the same sort of momentum or it isn't part of the conversation in the same manner except in a negative way and so you know, activation sort of us, a cancer.
0: That part I get more so than than this. A split of a big, long time marriage. A split of long time studio.
1: I think that everyone at Bungie was unhappy enough, and maybe now, like, we'll find out if there was a sort of fraud. You know that they were I don't know we'll find out what what you see is.
0: we can make rumors uh, someone was sleeping mm. with someone else's wife yeah you mm. heard it here first PLG head <laughs> right of the curve
1: <laughs> Bezos. I saw the best tweet it was like Jeff Bezos divorce is just like it's so typical of Amazon if you like this here's something
0: similar oh man that's so rough so So rough rough. so rough there's we can get that's a whole can of worms so interesting I wonder if prenups I wonder if the nature of prenups are going to change that
1: was a 70 billion dollar affair
0: what I'm saying is like I wonder if the nature of prenups are going to change because she did not have as big of an impact in the creation of Amazon she wasn't
1: with him shooting in the gym (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much pretty much Uh, all right uh, shout out to kobe i hate it had to be him yeah um, gosh it didn't happen that's a song honestly, i'm shooting in the gym but all right what's the next question we got on on deck
0: uh i mean honestly i'm just i'm happy knowing that what bungie... is, this
1: is the question then so now that bungie's independent last time bungie was independent they managed to create halo second time around they ended up being acquired and creating destiny which they were already creating purposes, destiny but they got created was, right they used activision to destiny. at best um, fuck you man
0: it was great i invested hundreds uh, of hours in that game
1: We go I, I i firmly believe that everyone has the right to have a bad opinion
0: and you're allowed to have one <laughs> you have a lot of them i agree exactly totally. I mean, I mean,
1: you're, you're, you're allowed to have yours and so there's there's a correct one and then there's yours one's the uh-huh. truth and one's do your you even opinion. play the game
0: how can you I shit did. on it? You didn't even fucking play I did. it.
1: It was like, it was like RC Cola Mass Effect.
0: Yeah. Oh God. You didn't Ooh, even play Mass Effect. Squirted. You're just comparing the Mass things Effect. you know it's
1: like. <laughs> I did play Mass Effect. And now there's Anthem, which is going to be like, you know. Mass Effect. Sparkling o- o- open water world. version.
0: <laughs> open world. Now you mean like cherry version? It's like cherry Mass Effect version <laughs> and vanilla cherry and like holiday cherry. Holiday Mass Effect, okay. whatever. It's going to be sweet, though. I actually, do okay, think well, I'll put it like dope.
1: this Destiny is Pepsi, Anthem will be Coke. Mass Effect hmm. is like its own drink.
0: Mass Effect is cool. I like Mass Effect. Yeah, I Mass Effect good. was good. I
1: got, there's All a right. to Mass Effect. So let's go back to Mass the question Andromeda. You were asking.
0: If you uh, think yes. so Bungie that is going be to create new IP, what
1: do you think their future is going to be? Do you think it, it? No. Here's a better. Here's a better question, right here. So this is for you, as someone who's actually an active fan of Destiny, and for the fans as well. We're gonna put this up on the Reddit. Um, do you think now that they have full control of Destiny, that it is a better idea for them to one, just try to salvage what they have and keep destiny Two going or to reboot and do it right.
0: Worst part about technology is that sometimes it cuts out in inopportune moments. And, uh, I didn't hear what you said.
1: I saw your mouth moving. Didn't hear shit. Well, that's unfortunate. So we're going to repeat it. And <laughs> so fuck it. We're just going to repeat it. I'm not even going to edit this shit. Cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I don't care. Uh, should they, did you hear that? should they one do uh continue with destiny 2 and try to salvage what they have already released or two should they reboot it
0: and just do it right they're gonna salvage it i think they did it right by this forsaken patch that patch has been received as the best installment in the destiny series thus far changing the game to what the gamers want i think if they carry that same momentum by themselves and on their own, and apply it to not even Destiny Two updates, but moving to Destiny Three. I think, yes, they have the right. Like I mean, you talk about rebooting, right? Making the next generation of the game is essentially like rebooting it. You're just making it better. At least that's the goal. So I think they're going to do both. But Destiny Two is in a great spot now. They don't really need to do anything else, and uh, it's going only going to get better, I believe, with Bungie.
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll find out, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful just because they did do Halo by themselves. I don't believe it. And, and and you know why I'm optimistic? Because they have a chip on their shoulder now after this experience. And so they're going to come back with like a double barrel middle finger to Activision to be like, look at what we did by ourselves. Fuck off. And (laughs) so I expect something sort of miraculous for either destiny three or, Destiny Infinite, which would just circle the storyline, because that—that'll be my bet that whatever the storyline is, because it doesn't make sense to salvage it and continue. And this will be my last point, uh, so we could just wrap up the show. um, That to salvage it because it isn't going to. open up the door for new players because destiny if it's something so good it's already excluded such a large part of the player base that if they just brought it back from the beginning or brought something you know as a reboot same way they sort of did with like spider-man like if the love is there and it's like yo this concept's really good if they did it right i think they'd get all the people that they missed the first time around who would be interested in it like someone like myself who could theoretically be interested in it if it had been done right but to see it just continued off like forsaken pathway, like 15 years into its release. I'm like, fuck it. I ain't trying to follow that shit.
0: I see your point. I think God that's just right you do, and is. That
1: is how we end the show. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I make points. You make points. People say anything. It's considered a point. It's not uh, like it's a good point. Uh, I I'm know, but saying. that was a great, that,
1: that, that, that was a beautiful way to end it. That was a great point. I, uh, I just wanted uh, you to uh, shut uh, up. I was like, oh my dude, God.
0: Get out of here. Game. Let's it's do It's a it. game,
1: set, match. And on that note of uh, Solo making great points, I'm going to let Lilo wrap up the show as we usually
0: do. Uh, thank you for bearing with us. This particular week has been rough. Uh, to be Super completely facts. honest with you, if Super we're facts. if we're being open and full disclosure, it's because we're preoccupied with making sure that this first event that we're hosting is the best fucking thing that you're gonna experience. So if you have the time and you're in New York, be sure to check out Huntington, Long Island. Be sure to be at Repeal Eighteen. On January 27th at 5 o'clock for a Super Smash Brothers tournament with prizes to be announced. All right? Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing with us. Be active. Hit us up. Twitter. Reddit. Whatever. Email us. We don't even care. Leave us some notes on Anchor because a lot of fans have done that, which I appreciate. Shout out to you guys. Um, see and next Destiny
1: week. Podcast Guy.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes.